0: Welcome to The Heart's Cry, uncovering the hidden tools of how to live your best life in real life. This podcast was created with the mission to get below the surface and truly help someone, not just skin deep, but truly increase the quality of life for the listeners. Let's dive in. Hello, and
1: welcome to The Heart's Cries podcast. I'm Minister Tish, and along with my co-host, Tiffany, we thank you for joining us for our first episode.
0: This episode is entitled Generational Chatter, Does the Church Still Matter? Where we will be taking a deep dive into the relevance of
1: what we know as church today. Our special guests range from late teens to 70 plus. This means boomer generation all the way to generation Z. So we ask you to open your hearts and minds to different viewpoints of what church is today and how we can make it more effective and inviting to various generations. Let's talk. First question is, does church still matter in this day and age? Does church still matter?
2: So as uh, someone in college right now, I fully believe that church 100% does still matter, especially with a lot of the influences that can be out here, especially at Howard and in the city. There's a lot of drinking influences a lot of um drug influences and i know going to church every sunday definitely helps also having uh christian organizations on campus definitely helps keeping your mind focused on god and focus on what is important in life and um making sure like having having church uh, especially having a howard chapel here um really uh Let's me know that church uh, is definitely such an important thing right now um, with everything else that is going on around this campus.
3: I'm Angela Shepherd, Minister Angel. Yeah, I, I really think that um, I know that church still matters. You know, someone will look at a, a 70 three-year-old person and say they got it going on they've experienced everything and everything is la di and it's not really because problems issues situations in your life they never disappear they are all it's always something that you have to deal with and so going to church for me it is uh strength it's strength it's uh in my inner self, and um, I find peace there. I find love there. And when I say church, I'm not talking about the physical building. It's just the fellowship with the brothers and sisters in Christ that worship along with me. And we we worship the same God. We know the same Jesus. You know we we just uh, fellowship together. So yes, it matters to me.
4: So, if someone was listening, what which age group are you in? Are you a boomer? Or are you a? Gen- I'm a boomer.
1: A- I am a boomer. I'm Linnea. I want to piggyback on what you said about needing it at um, in your Gen Z. Do you feel that you're an, I guess, outcast for lack of a better word, because you attend church and you follow Christ.
2: Um. I don't think so. I know here, um, like at the HBCU, a lot of us come from Baptist church backgrounds. So I don't really feel outcasted. I definitely, um, going to church and being like a part of Chapel Fire, I get to have a group of people around me who also are church people. Um, so, and like we're all friends, we're all a community together. So I never really feel outcasted. Cool.
1: Anyone else?
5: Yeah, I I think it still matters. Church still matters because we still need to be that beacon of light that draws um, people to Jesus and to provide hope for this hopeless uh, world. So, yes, indeed, uh, church does matter. I'm Deaconess Karen Henderson, and I'm a baby boomer.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Deacon Henderson, and I'm I'm a baby boomer. And I say church still matters. In a world where you can't find truth, in a world where you can't find anything that seems to be, um, that you can rely on and depend on, church is, is important because it's the one place that you can go and find truth and find something that you can hang your hat on, you can depend on it, it's always reliable. Uh, and when I'm talking about church, I'm talking about the, the body of believers of Christ. And I said body because Christ is here, he unifies us, and we as a body is being discipled, but at the same time we're going. So we are learning more and becoming more like Christ, but at the same time we are sharing with others so they can become more like Christ, we can accept Christ. And so we are, as uh, Dignis Henderson say. I think she's reading some of my notes, uh, <laughs> but as um, uh, Dignis Henderson said, we are that beacon of light. We're in a dark place, and, and people need to need to hear, hear some light, you know. They need to have some hope, and we are the hope where there's no hope. They need some joy. We are the joy where there's no joy. I'm leaving it alone now. I'm done. <laughs> you know, you know, did you identify yourself? Yes, I at first I, I'm Deacon Henderson, uh, baby boomer.
7: So I'm, I'm, hey, I'm. Pong and I'm uh I guess Gen Z or Gen yeah Gen yeah. Z. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think that church still matters in order to like keep the purity, especially in volatile times such as this, with like COVID and just like politics and things like that. We are that beacon of light and that's definitely why church matters.
0: I wanna share like these lyrics that so, uh, our uh, R&B artists wrote. And I just want your opinions of it. Cause you say the church is like a beacon of light. So this was his experience. So it says, see, lately I've been thinking about saving my soul and do do prayers make it to heaven from the ghetto. I ask all my friends, but they all say they don't know. It's all bad, y'all. And the preacher talk about some stuff he don't know when the church became a fashion show and they won't let me in with my Tim's on. It's all bad, y'all. So Tim's are... I think we all know what tubes are. They're like boots, <laughs> <It's> like construction.
8: <laughs> We're not he that went to church
0: because <laughs> he was looking for a salvation, but then he received rejection when he got there. So, how do you, what, it, what is the response to that? Or how do you then correct this?
9: Okay. I'm <laughs> Khadija Honesty. I am a millennial. Um, so my answer to the first question, I was going to say prior to um, my sis who shared the lyrics, I was going to say that church still matters, but we are in a time where the response from the world would be prove it. And I think the the lyrics that she shared is sort of the, the hearts of the generation um, of unbelievers that we as believers are having to share the gospel too. So we can't just say we're the beacon Like A lot of their responses will be prove it <laughs> like how, you know, <laughs> um, so it's not just a, because I said so generation that we're dealing with.
6: Just to add to what sister Khadija was saying. Uh, uh, when you look at statistics, the, the church has been on a, uh, our church attendance has been on a, decline for almost 40, 45, 50 years now or longer. Also, when you look at the statistics, I was looking at some statistics the other day, uh, it talked, it say only about 36% of the people have great confidence in the church. And about 36% of the people have, they have some confidence in it, but uh, and about 26% have no confidence at all in the church. I just wanted to give some statistics to back up what are is saying. And uh I'm gonna say this, then I'm gonna get out of the way. <laughs> Do you believe you know the number one thing that they say why people don't believe in the church? What there's no models. There's no just models for them to follow. <laughs> and that's just yes. so. So sister honesty say we got to show them. Right.
8: Mm-hmm.
6: We yeah, got this, to be that light. You yeah, right. gotta be it. You gotta live it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is
8: Kendria from Generation X. I would also add to that that the authentic authenticity. So yeah. it's it's being if you're leading and you're gonna be a model, it's showing everything that's involved with this mm-hmm. walk and being a Christian. And that's the ups, that's the downs, that's where you came from not just where you are now, and just being open and sharing and discipling others through that process and not, um, you know, just meeting them where they are and being real about everything that comes along with our walk.
10: So, hi, I'm Lucius Hires. Uh, I'm a boomer. Uh, I, I'm, a re- I'm a results-driven person. I mean, it's in my life, it's in the jobs that I do. So, I think if there's a problem, what are you going to do about it? And I, I think this is a great first step, to talk about, well, how do we get here? Um, the first thing is, as we acknowledge the different generations, then we might notice that even if you try to, to address the problem of why people do church matter, I think everyone in here from all the generations said that church matter. So it doesn't, the other group is not saying that church don't matter. It might be that maybe as a boomer, I'm trying to look at it from my lens and from my socialization of trying to share with someone else why, how and why I think church matter. But I may be turning them off due to the fact that I don't realize that they're not receiving the same information the way I would receive it when I was at that particular walk in life. So I would just, again, I think church matter. But I think what I like, not a butter and, what I like about being here is that, first, we acknowledging that people are walking away from the church. Second, this is a great first step to do something to address people walk away from church. And that's really to have an open and truthful conversation about the challenge that, that the church is faced with. So thank you.
0: Yeah, so my experience is when uh, trying to get advice, if you will, from older people. I'm a millennial. (laughs) Season. Um, You like to say
10: season. (laughs) (laughs) See? Communication, right? Older versus season, right? (laughs) Right.
0: I think that the way that we are kind of socialized or the culture that you grew up with kind of keeps Going and it and it affects how you communicate to other people. So if I go <laughs> like this is what I'm going through, um, not particularly I need help, but just sharing you know a problem that I may have. Um, A lot of times I really go to like boomers. My mother's a boomer. Most of the people that I would go to in the church are boomers, and they kind of tell you, well, don't worry, Jesus got you. Your Jesus gonna fix it. And the the thing is, I I know Jesus, I know he gonna fix it. What I need help is, in is, I need you to normalize the process, the yeah. journey. So I know that, you know, in the end, it's all gonna work out for my good, but today, you know, my, your faith is not constant. It, it kind of ebbs and flows. So I need you to, sh- to be, and it says we overcome. By the blood and the lamb of the lamb and the word of your testimony. In order to help me, <laughs> you have to share your real testimony. Yep. Not you know, those mountaintop experiences, you know, I, you know, I went through cancer and I came out, you know, on top. You know, I mm-hmm. need to know, you know, you went through cancer, I was scared. Every day I had to pray. You know, I, I I didn't know if I was, you know, like stuff that, you know, is going to help me and normalize that I can be here and still be a Christian. I could be here and still love Jesus. This is a part of the human experience. This is normal because it's not about the mountaintop. It's about the climb. I need you to help me as I'm climbing, not to give up. And I think a lot, a lot of people are falling from the church because yeah, I, I clearly am not doing it like her because all you see are those is the facade and none of it is real and it's just not helpful. <laughs> it makes the journey harder mm-hmm. because mm. you don't know that what you're going through is normal. And I think that causes people to just forget it. I'm gonna go with what I know. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody else was is- Oh, it was, just, I was going to p- piggyback, you know, we're millennials. I was going to piggyback what Tiffany was saying mm-hmm. is that um, we're more of the, like, show me generation and we're, and we're more open and outward with our testimony, with everything. Like if I, I'm a divorcee, but it took me a while to say I'm divorced or it took me a while to present that I'm not with my husband anymore at church because you, you didn't see that, you know, for a while. And I, I thought I was going to be an outcast, but there's many women <laughs> have been divorced at church. Many preacher women, preacher women have been divorced, but because there wasn't a um, a that model, and, uh, yeah, and not a good model, but there wasn't a model saying, you're going to be fine. This happens, it this sucks, but you're going to get through it. Or a woman that was abused, you know, Cause we're, we're so when some generations are so closed off, you don't talk about this. You don't talk about, it. so I don't, like Tiffany said, we don't know the struggles or we don't know. We know we're going to get through it cause we believe in Christ and we, we know his word says, but I need someone to show me that this happened to you and you got through it too. So I think, yeah, we're the show me generation. <laughs> show me and walk through this thing with me. Cause I'm about to lose my mind. But yeah. I was just going to say that,
9: um, I was listening to uh, a pastor by the name of Tim Keller, and he said something really good. He was saying that a lot of times in the church, we're discipling people to be in the church versus discipling people to be in the world, not Mm -hmm. a part of the world, but they're in the world. Um, So how do I be a Christian outside of the four walls and the structure and the culture of church, like when I go to school or when I go to my job or when I'm dealing with my family who don't know Jesus, and I'm the only one that does, how do I survive those moments? And like how Tiffany was saying, I I think that a lot of people are walking away from the structure in which we have done church thus far, not necessarily who they know Jesus is supposed to be and who we're supposed to be. I think they're rejecting how we do church, not necessarily um, true followers of Jesus. Like perhaps they are having conversations with people privately who they know believe in God, who they know can really give them um, instruction and encouragement when they're going through the dark times. And even people who are in the church, right? You can grow up in the church and not know what scripture to plead and proclaim over your life when the devil is messing with you 12 o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Like w- you go to church every Sunday, but you don't know how to war spiritually Amen. for yourself. You know, baby is going to be okay. It's not going to get the devil off you in the middle of the night. Um, and that's just the reality. And I think, um, to massage the baby boomers <laughs> to give them some love because there is something special about, um, talking about the blood of Jesus. I do believe that this generation of, of believers coming up need to know and understand more about the blood of Jesus. Like they need to hear that too. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, there was a journey that you all took. That's why you can say so confidently that we'll be okay. Um, but yeah, we need we need the in-between and we need to give people who have so many other choices now, you know, um, to mm-hmm. choose from. Like we're not the only choice um, for people to survive through. There, the enemy has used a lot of other spiritual sources to say this is a source, actually. To heal your trauma and to deal with anxiety and to deal with your family and to take back your power. And those evil spiritual forces are actually, they actually do things. You know what I mean? So we can't say, oh, this is not real. No, it's real. Like Witch- it happened and yeah, like witchcraft and all those things, people are manifesting good things. They're not God things and they're not from Jesus, but they are manifesting things that they seemingly are looking and searching to heal. And so, yeah, we're up against a lot, you know, so is, is we need a little bit more, I think, uh, to the conversation and, um, to really do life on life. I think we're in a, in a more, life on life um season in our in our mission as believers
6: uh, you, you know what i'm hearing you know and, and let me share this with you i know we got y'all all you millenniums and gx's and and apple i know we got y'all all food but we <laughs> haven't but paul say you know he hadn't apprehended and that's the same with us we, we as baby boom we have not apprehended. We have not got there. We still on that same struggle going through some of the same struggles that y'all millennials and everybody else was going through. Uh, but the thing I'm hearing here is the one thing that Jesus did. He built relationships, you know, and he there was no respect of persons. Didn't care if you was eight years old, 18 years old, 28 years old, or 38 like me. You know, he didn't care. <laughs> It's about relationship. And until we can, can, can build some 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 uh legitimate relationship with one another. So when I can look at you and say something wrong with you, sis, what are you going through something? You know, and the only way we can spend relationship with one another, that we gotta spend time with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I ain't gotta try right. to fool you. You don't have to try to fool me, because it's I think uh, honest, you said we can uh accept uh, one another, you know. And I think we'll slide stone and say just let me be myself.
5: In that same uh vein, um there are generational differences.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: So what we need to do is we need each of us need to embrace the differences mm-hmm. and that each generation we can learn from each other. You know, and so that's you know, my take on that. Yeah, there are differences, but let's embrace them. And and uh, what Deacon Henderson said, let's build the relationship, the intergenerational relationships that we'll know, you know, what the millennials, you know, how they feel and how the uh, Gen X feel. And, you know, so
3: let's build on that. Let's build on those relationships. And I, I think that, um as a boomer growing up in the church, that um, we were supposed to be this very strong person that didn't show a lot of emotion sometimes Mm -hmm. when we were really hurting on the inside. And so now as I grow older and grow stronger in the Lord, I have learned how to cry with those that are not just older old as old as I am but even with the younger ones because i can feel that kind of hurt that they're kind of expressed expressing but we've we grew up to be this strong person that wasn't supposed to show a lot of emotion but the real deal is that we hurt Just like you (laughs) hurt. And so we do have to communicate more together, you know, and love just ties us all together, you know, to just show the love of Jesus Christ, you know, and spending time, as Deacon Henderson said, with each other is the way for us to understand each other better. I love that. Outside of church service. (laughs) I was going to say,
8: I love that. And uh, what, you know, was also said about embracing the differences. I think communication is important because the other side doesn't know the why. So only when I talk to my dad or I talk to aunties and uncles, that's when I get to understand what was going on at that time and, and what was going on when they were raised. And that shapes a lot of why things were done a certain way. But I can't get that insight unless I talk to them and try to understand what was going on instead of not digging deeper and just judging. it. I think that's why that communication and embracing you know, our different experiences is important.
3: Yeah. Say, for instance, like when I when I divorced, I came to church and I was crushed on the inside. Uh-huh. Something told me you got to walk in there and be strong. And that was just a facade mm-hmm. because yeah. I was hurting. And then I felt like everyone was looking at me when I walked through that door. So how am I supposed to walk through that door? You know, and I I didn't have anybody. I felt like I didn't, although I know my brothers and my sisters were praying for me, I felt like I had no one when I walked through that door. Yeah,
9: I I was thinking like when Kendria was talking about the external factors that goes into play like we're Christian and so we're, our mindset are inside this kingdom and we're dealing with different generations inside the kingdom. But like, there are different things that were happening outside of the church, you know, that people needed to survive to basically the point of like, we're discipling people to, to survive the church and not be a part of the world. Now out in the world, especially as African-American people at that time, you did need to be strong. There wasn't a whole lot of time to cry and fall apart because you were surviving a different thing. than as a millennial, I survive when I leave the church, right, that I have to survive. And then Gen Z, like I'm curious as to what the Gen Z people on the call have to say, because in some ways I have that blinder in the same way maybe a baby boomer has to me as a, as a millennial, because I was literally talking to my friend maybe yesterday about, I can't imagine how it looks from the outside in today because people who are not a part of the church are dealing with a different distraction, you know, or different struggles or different, um, beast. Then I feel like I, was having to navigate in some ways when I got saved. So now I'm Christian. So I don't know what it's like to be an unbeliever and have to choose and have to see Jesus through all of the things that are being presented in our world today. You know what I mean? And so those, like they were saying, those conversations are important for us. Um, Those conversations are important Uh, for us to have in the kingdom so that we can work as a body and pull from each other. But I think it it also is interesting to me to understand like what we're having to deal with once we leave each other, you know, those things I think definitely shape the mind of generation to to generation of, of people for sure. It's not just Jesus. It's like the climate of the, the time in itself also, that tells me I need to be strong. You know what I mean? I can't show emotion.
10: Yeah. You know, you know. when I was working on, I actually working on my master's uh, to be in community counseling and psychology, I actually had a hidden agenda. And it was to try to understand me better, right? I think so many times, you know, we try to understand other people and for multiple reasons, whether it's generational, whether it's cultural wise, but, uh, you know, the first thing I've learned in a long period of time, though, before I can even understand anyone else, you know, I really need to understand me. Right. Mm-hmm. So how much time do we really try to get first? Right. To try to understand ourselves, how I feel, you know, you know, what I think about when I see someone else, when I think about, you know, why I think about that particular person, why I might would go to Sister Angel in the church and I wouldn't reach out and go to Deacon Henderson, I'm not saying I would do that, I'm just saying, but I, I got to really start focusing on self first. I mean, uh, question something to think about. How many of us have jumped to uh, and we're saying we a lot instead of I. Right. Where we're saying, well, hey, this is what, what, how we feel. This is how we feel. But how do I feel? Right. Mm-hmm. How do, wh- what do I think? Why do I think that? Right. What has been in my walk? You know, what have been my challenges? How have I handled my challenges? Why did I handle those particular challenges that particular way? Once I start checking, focusing on myself and what shaped me, me, you know, what has gone loose to what got loose the way yet, then I'm making, when I have this conversation with someone who's different from me, uh, maybe they're a different generation than me, I can start questioning why I might be interpreting what they're saying the right way or the wrong way. They may really be trying to help me. It just because of my, you know, we talk a lot about lenses and, you know, we all got mm-hmm. different lenses and we all were shaped based off the lenses and the things that we see. Right. I, I guarantee if we put a photo up here, a perception photo up here right now, mm-hmm. we would probably all see some of the same things, but we would probably see something different. So if we see the same photo, but yet and still we see something different. Is it possible that we're going to misinterpret something within our conversation? And it's not that it's right or wrong. It's just that my lenses and my experiences make me see it different than someone else. So the better I understand that it would lead me to maybe instead of assuming bad intent, I would probably start asking a question to clarify a little bit further. So then I might have my oh aha moment. That's what, oh, really, Sister Shepherd was trying to help me. But because I was looking at the photo a little bit different, and I talk a lot with my hands, I'm sorry. So mm-hmm. because I see the photo a little different than her, now I can go back and have a more meaningful conversation with her. I totally agree that, you know, one of the things that is missing is relationships. I totally agree that, you know, it's great to hear a great sermon from the pastor. Uh, But even when we was coming together in the church, question to the group, how many of us most of the time would go back and sit or uh, interact? with the exact same group of people that we actually know uh, Mm -hmm. versus, and this is just within the color chest. Now I'm bringing some other factors that we're not bringing in. So cross-cultural things, you know, uh, (laughs) how many of us then would go and sit with someone a little bit different? But I'm sitting with people because it's comfortable. Me, I'm not saying I, so I, Lucius is sitting with people because it's comfortable for me. And I may be a little bit afraid to come out of my comfort zone. So I gotta start with me first and trying to really have a better understanding of me.
4: But but through through the history of the church, um each generation was faced with their own uh, mm-hmm. issues. Um you know it may not be civil rights today, but racism is present. It may mm-hmm. not be pro, but they're going to um they're trying to bring this thing back, um, you know, critical race theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so very similar items, but in a different ear, in a different way. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So
4: we're impacted. So the resources we take from the church, the spirituality, the discipleship, that we have to make application on them on our outside. But yes, yeah. like you all said, it's very helpful for someone to say to you, um, not that Jesus will make a way, <laughs> but also let you know how vulnerable and how transparent you are in your spiritual development and growth, because these things impact us um totality um so how do we make it and so makai when you when you're going down to uh college ladies and Lene, both of you guys are in college and that's why i asked you to come i was uh, hoping that the young lady from uh, campus ministry and how would be with us but she had a different engagement but we talked about this just this week about facing your challenges and in the just in the college setting and 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 what you're doing um speak to you know application you know you you're a christian right um and you have to you you see a whole lot more on campus like now than mm-hmm. with, uh, with myself and 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 deacon hires and <laughs> experience kindred when we were on campus life um mm-hmm. how do you make it how do you how do you stay christian how do you how do you come through this thing <laughs>
2: um Definitely having a group of fellow Christians around me would uh, keep me from like uh, sidetracking from like my godly path. I feel like if I didn't have uh, the group of people around me that I did, um, like, and I was surrounded by maybe other people other groups of people that I see on this campus, I could have been, Influence wrong or for well, me personally, I I like I know how to stay on my own, own path. But if I was like anybody else, I could have been like like doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing and taking things that I shouldn't. uh Hanging around in certain places that I shouldn't be, especially like in DC and in the part of DC that I am. There's like
9: mm-hmm. like you
2: could be at the wrong place at the wrong time.
9: Long time. Um, Doing it's true. are is like low key in the hood. Yeah, <laughs> not low key. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's,
2: that's low
9: key. you know. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: like just j- I could just be walk a couple blocks just up, and yeah. I don't know like what could have happened to me, but because I have uh, a group, of, my group of people around me. Um, that are also like Christians, you know, in their right mind too. Then we all keep each other safe.
9: Amen.
7: Amen. Good. Good. Makai, how, how do how do you deal with campus life and you know just keeping? Um. So I'm I'm a commuter student, so it's kind of like different for me. I don't really like indulge in much of like the campus things. Like I I'm trying to like recently because I just got to Mason. I was at Noble before, but mm-hmm. um I just. And like, I also have like a mixed group of friends, like some of my friends have like different faiths. Some of my friends don't have faith at all, but I just know that like at the end of the day, when I come home, I know I'm a, I'm a Christian man. It's just the way I just being like brought up in the church. It's just like, you just, you know, whatever I just been taught, whatever happens outside, just know when you come home, you know what I'm saying? Or where, you know, wherever you're at, you know I'm saying? The Lord is going to be with you and he, he's going to protect you. That's, that that's the main thing. And that's what keeps me like on, on the right path. If, if you, if, kind of get what I mean like I don't you know Mm -hmm. I have a group of friends that like keep me on the right path but they're not keeping me like towards like my faith and towards God and so I have to do that on my own and you know it it obviously I'm gonna get sidetracked and I mean like that's I think that's just like a part of like life and like you know I'm saying how we're talking like that's my journey but I'm never gonna like stray away from the Lord and I'm always gonna keep my faith you know I might take like not like show up for church or I you know I might Fall out on my reading with, of the Bible, but I'm, you know, I'm I'm never gonna like change my faith. You know, what I'm saying nothing, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm saying take me away from that.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay, can I can I can I be transparent for a moment? Um, Sometimes yeah, we do trip up and fall. Okay. Yeah, of course. But uh, <laughs> but you know, like, from, yeah. <laughs> from where I'm from where I am now, you can get back and come, you know, get back on the right track. And um just don't wallow in that muck and mire. Um, because you can you can sink real fast. You're gonna have a deep, deep spiral uh, that leads you to some place that you don't want to go. Um uh, but keep trusting God. Ask God to give you uh for those things that you slipped up and fall fallen, maybe. Now you guys. I did in the past. <laughs> but I had to go to the Lord yeah. and say, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please, God help me. You know, and, and he and he, he he's faithful in just to get you back. And um, since we talked about being transparent, um, I have been in that life, and I have messed up, and I've been crazy, but I did come back, and God did put me on a on a good good path. And uh, I'm still crazy outside of pastor, but <laughs> but I'm saved. Okay, mm-hmm. and so that's the main thing.
1: Thank you for listening
0: to the Heart's Cry podcast. We continue the conversation of the relevance of the church with this series entitled Generational Chatter, Does the Church Still Matter? Join us
1: for our next episode. What needs to die or be revived in order for the church to remain relevant?
5: I'm Minister Tish. And I'm Tiffany. Until next time.